Whoa! Hello, everyone. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a few weeks. Last episode of the Skewer Universe podcast was Return of the Killer Tomatoes with Patrick from Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. Have to say it like that. Branding. Let everyone know. If you haven't listened, go listen. But we're back. And by we, not the royal we. I mean, myself, Jeff, your host, along with my co-host, Leanne. She's back. Yay! Suck a dick. It's that warmth that we all miss. <laughs> that warmth. <laughs> so, this episode, we decided, on a whim, we had, I think it was the 30-day trial of Shudder on Amazon. So we're like, what the hell? Let's see what they have. And we stumbled across their five-part series called Cursed Films. Yes. Some very interesting stuff in there. As you can hear, I have notes. I took notes, people. Yeah. That's how serious you are. Probably the second or third time in the (laughs) history of this show, short history, that is, that I've taken actual notes. But... It actually says podcast notes underlined at the top. (laughs) Yeah, I underlined it so I'd know where to find it when I flip through. Because if you look back here, I got, oh, a list of stuff that uh, I was going to cover with somebody else at one point. And then... I love your handwriting. March 2019, when I was going to talk about history of horror and all this stuff. And I've got... All of these Wow, that was triple underlined, whatever that is. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what was I talking about? Oh, um, yeah, we were going through. I said, um, wow, because I'm reading my notes. I said, um, yeah, I was going to cover Eli Roth's history of horror back in March of last year. Wow. And I never got around to it, but I have these extensive notes. So I have to, if I ever want to come back to it, you people just might have to listen. Yeah, and then episode 10 notes, I was going to. Oh, I did cover pieces for episode... Oh, wow. Going back. Yeah, I did cover pieces from The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs on Shutter. <laughs> then my notes about people who have passed, and then blank pages, and out of my notes on Cursed Films. But, very briefly, before we jump in, I was going to say, it's weird fucking times right now. True that. Very strange times. Lots of people are out of work. I'm currently out of work. Leanne's working from home. At reduced pay to avoid more furloughs. Yeah. We know many people out there have been furloughed. You've been let go. You may have been unemployed before this happened. You're still looking. Just, you know, try to stay positive. Find something to do. A hobby. Something. Keep your mind sharp. We can get through all of this. I'm not going to address any of the political stuff, any of the protest, as much as I would want to go off on a rant. That's not what this podcast is about. And I do want to say thank you to all those essential workers, the grocery store workers, the healthcare professionals who are out there every day. All of those people on the front lines putting their lives on the line. Risking contracting this virus and getting sick. 
or committing suicide because of it. Yeah. There's, it's... I don't remember who she was, but some kind of health director or something at a hospital right. committed suicide. I, I saw the, the blurb about the article. It's, it's heartbreaking, but if you know someone who's in the healthcare industry and they seem to be having a hard time, try to help lift their spirits. If you think anyone is starting to go down that dark path, try to direct them to those, those hotlines, those suicide prevention lines. Anything you can do to try and help. Just do it. Or maybe if, all if you haven't together. heard from them in a while, you know. Give them a call. Don't text. Because a lot of people, when they get depressed, they isolate. Yeah. And, you know, they may not show it when they're out with their friends, but then they spend more time at home and you hear less of them. And it's like, oh, shit, they could be going through something. Right. So reach out. Give them a call. Don't text. Don't email. Don't even Snapchat them. As, as much fun as Snapchat might be sometimes, give them a call. The personal touch. If you happen to live next door, maybe just go over and knock on the door and be like, hey, everything okay? No, you're not allowed to do that. Oh, you have to wear if your mask. You're, if you're outside and you don't okay. go in and you wear your mask <laughs> yeah. and you stay protected. I got really defensive really quick. <laughs> yes. I wasn't saying go inside and have a party. Just knock on the door. Check on them. Ask them through the window, through the door if they're okay. Just do that. Okay, now that serious portion is over, because I don't want to dwell too long on that because we could bring the energy down real quick. Okay, how about a joke? Okay. How come bunnies don't make noise when they hum? I don't know, Leanne. Why don't bunnies make noise when they hum? Drum wolf. Drum. Cotton balls. <laughs> 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 there was a joke of the day. <laughs> Something to make you feel a little bit better. Oh, excuse me. I thought I had a burp coming on. I don't want to burp into the microphone. Very sexy. Hold on. <laughs> I don't think I have any other jokes. Okay. There you go. Yeah, silent. It's gone. <sighs> you me? have been playing quite a lot oh. of games on your Nintendo Switch Lite. You know, this really cool guy gave it to me, and I was like, dude, I'm engaged, but I'll take it. Yeah, Lackery's kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> A.K.U. <laughs> That's me. I'm the piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, what's, uh, how are you liking it? Um, It's been well, a few months since we touched I, on it last. I love it. Um, When my... SD card gave out like I was heartbroken Ugh. and we were so broke but I was like I would really like a new SD card it, it sucked because I hadn't received my next round of unemployment benefits we won't get into that lots of people dealing with that you can listen to other shows for in-depth analysis and hard-hitting facts this is fun time Yay. I had the same experience with the SD card taking a shit on my Switch. Mm -hmm. And luckily, right now, knock on particle board pretending it's wood. I haven't had that issue again. But we got you a brand name SD card this time. Yeah, so I've been playing kind of a lot of games. Um, I got Diablo 3. Which you love. Which I love. Because you I've... have it on... 
PC. Yep. We have it on the PS4. Yep. And now you have it on your Switch Lite. Yeah. <laughs> I've only beat it 10 million times. <laughs> I don't even know the story anymore. <laughs> she just loves the game. She loves creating a character and then seeing what she can do. Yeah, I just want to go kill things. I have fun watching you play. Like, when you play it on the PS4, I just sit here and watch. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's my chair, by the way. I'm not farting. I gotta get a new chair at some point. But I've been also playing, like, Lego Worlds, which is super fun. I highly recommend, because I had the beta on my, it was my Mac. Yeah, we did Mac. And, um... And it was good, but you know, it, they were still working on it. And now it, it was they, a little laggy at times. I remember. Yeah, but now it's it's good to go. You can dig and you can build and you can ride dinosaurs and catch bunnies. And yeah, you let me play a little bit the other night to get an idea of what it was like, and I ended up fighting a knight and getting my ass kicked twice. Yeah, you tried to engage with him, and he had a big sword. <laughs> he just punched me and broke me into pieces. Oh. <laughs> Unless it was a sword, I didn't notice, but all I know is twice. I just shattered into pieces. He cut my life into pieces. Usually you can keep yeah. going. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of anything <laughs> else. I just blanked. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, so and I, oh, I've also been playing uh, Good Job. Oh, yes. Yes. That's kind of fun. It gets frustrating because <laughs> it's kind of a puzzle type game, but it's it's pretty fun. That's where you got to take the forklift and move the boxes to certain areas. Yeah, or on clean up them. messes or whatever the job may be. And when you complete it, at the end it says, good job! <laughs> Which is what you want to hear. You want to hear or see good job after you clean up a mess or it feels good. move forklifts around. Yeah. I saw you play it one day, and I saw how frustrated you were getting with those levels, and it was... <laughs> See, I forgot. But here's the difference between you and me. You keep at it. Yeah. I turn on the PS4. I put on the Castlevania collection or one of those games. Uh -huh. If I don't get past a certain point, I shut it off, and I'm like, fuck that game. I'll <laughs> you come back rage to it later. quit often. I just rage quit. I don't get angry and throw the controller. I just turn it off, and I'm like, I'll just put on Futurama. Fuck it. I'm not going to play that game. Me, on the other hand, I just sit there and scream at the game. Yeah. Well, Symphony Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood, the two Castle other Castlevania games that aren't in the Castlevania collection I have, right. I had never played them before. I had only learned about them a few years ago. I was like, it's only, I think it was only like 20 bucks for the two of them at the time. I was like, why the fuck not? You rage quit that game, like, often. Yeah, eventually I will sit down, strategize, <laughs> and get past that first goddamn boss. This goddamn werewolf I can't pass. If any of you out there know how to pass the werewolf in, I believe it's, it's Symphony of the Night? Or was it wrong? Shit. Well, either way, if you know the two games, you know what level I'm talking about. I think it's, I think that's Rondo of Blood. And I just can't. Yeah, you're persistent, you stick through it, I rage quit. <laughs> I, I couldn't figure out how to pass a level in Good Job, because I couldn't figure out where the last package was, 
So I decided it would be smart to watch like a walkthrough video of this guy playing. <laughs> and I was screaming at this guy. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You're just knocking shit over. You can't just break the wall. I'm getting like so pissed off. And I had no idea you had started watching this video and I just hear you <laughs> yelling and I'm like, what are you doing? You're like, I'm watching this video where this guy Ugh. It was so funny. It was it was funny to okay, listen to. Okay, genius. Alright, genius. Oh yeah, you're so smart. You just fell off the building. Good job. <laughs> I can't say that I haven't done the same thing with other games when I need some. I'm like, oh my god, you're taking forever. Or I do the point where I'm like you didn't grab that over there. I need to move on because I've already passed this level. I need to figure out this next part of the game. And I'm like, why didn't you grab that secret? Oh, you idiot. So I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> so I think overall, you're kind of a kind of a fan of the Switch Lite. I mean, a it doesn't... little bit. I mean, here and there, it's okay. <laughs> it's a way to pass the time. Lot more than I thought you would. <laughs> and I'm so glad. So and like, it's funny because I asked you, I said, do you think that would be something I would like? And you uh, you said yes. And I'm like, yeah. well, if, if Jeff thinks I might enjoy it, then I guess I should get one. And you got me one. So thank you. You're very welcome. Let's touch real quick. You also got another uh, little uh, toy or gadget recently. Oh, I don't, I'm not sure what you could be talking about. Oh, I don't know. Something called an <laughs> Insta360 Go? I know. It's it's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's whatever. AKA, I think it's like the neatest thing on the planet. I had to convince you to like, let me get it. <laughs> I was making up so many excuses. I'm like, I've been depressed. and I've been working hard and well, luckily, things kind of worked out for us in a way we were able to, to get it. But you've been on your own stuff, and I'm not going to address any of it here because it's your own thing that you do. You make your own content for your own stuff, and this is just one little thing else that you can use, and I I felt you needed to have it. I mean, if so, people want to find me on Instagram or Facebook, that's fine. I don't care. You probably won't find my Instagram, but I don't care. Yeah, I just, I just figured it was your thing separate from this, mm -hmm. so I didn't want to I go post putting really it. personal stuff. That's yeah. true. If you want to put it out there, we can always put something in the show notes. But that's your call. Yeah. No. But after you have time to play with that camera a bit, kind of take some videos, see how it works. Well, I am going we'll on a road back. trip. You are. You are going on a road trip this weekend, as a matter mm -hmm. of fact. I'm going to Morro Bay. To visit your friend. I'm so stoked. And, like, I got this fucking... And even before we... Even before we got it, I was like, Oh, my God! It's so cool. It does this and it does this. And I could take it on the road with me. And I could... <laughs> it, I was so excited. I was pumped. You were excited then when I was able to find... And... Actually, we, we got a better deal on it the way we ended up getting it. Yeah, it was weird. So, if anyone's looking for this little, it's a small camera, maybe a it's couple like of inches tall. A thick about thumb. The size of a thumb. Big, thick thumb. But you can get these, like, 360, like, panorama You can do slow-mo, you almost. can do time-lapse, you can do images, you can do video. 
if you're someone out there who creates video and you're looking for something like this, you don't have the capability yet, um, get it from Apple. Because I'll tell you the price. It's only $179 right now. Anywhere else you look, it'll take time to get to you. And it's like 200 bucks. Yeah. So we got it within a day and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I ordered it like a day and a half ago. And it came early this afternoon. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll come back to that. We'll talk about it on the next show that you're on. Because I'm going to do some recording this coming weekend. My buddy Eddie, who you guys heard in the Brown Water special. <laughs> the two-parter that we did where I was clinking poker chips. And you probably all hate me for that. But <laughs> I know Leanne does. But um, I wasn't sure how to filter out the noise at the time. And I may go back and remaster that episode. Well, the thing is, I'm really s- sensitive, like, like even sounds. And I kept hearing this high-pitched clink, clink, and I'm like, I'm gonna lose my mind. Right. And I was tech, I was the closest to the microphone at the time, so <laughs> doing that, that's what I do when I, whenever I play, we weren't even playing poker, but if I have poker chips, that's what I do. I just, I don't know why I do it, but yeah, so I'm going to go back and clean up that episode and I think republish it. So if anyone tried listening and tore your hair out or, you know, punctured your eardrums so you didn't have to listen anymore, (laughs) I apologize. But know that I also had issues with podcasts I used to listen to where the audio was not good and there was, it was hard to hear or there was, Background noises. So I get it. I will fix anything. I'm starting to edit more, which is awesome. Because at first I was like, I don't need to edit. This is stream of consciousness. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, no. You need to edit. You need to clean shit up. Clean your act up, Jeff. What I was getting at. (laughs) To circle back around. I'm going to be recording, uh, as long as he gets back to me, uh, my buddy Eddie and I, guy I've grown up with, we're basically brothers, we're going to be talking about old school video games, what we grew up playing, what we liked, what we disliked, old school video game stuff, which is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. Like Atari, original Nintendo. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Atari 2600, the 7800, which we had growing up, the NES, Super NES. He had a Sega Genesis, so he'll be able to talk about that. I had a Sega Genesis, but I only had the game it came with, and it was the Lion King demo. <laughs> oh, and that game was hard, I heard. I liked it. I've never played it, because I never got my hands on a Genesis. Mm-hmm. There is the Genesis Mini that I thought about getting, but then I bought the Genesis Classics for the Nintendo Switch digitally, and there's a whole bunch of games, and... <laughs> Uh, they're difficult to play. Well, they're difficult for me to play on the handheld version. Because I can't see a lot of what's going on. Because sometimes there's minute details you can't pick up on the smaller screen. So I have a new controller coming since my other one. For, uh... I said, uh, again. Oh, well. For my own... My own negligence caused it to be broken, essentially. But 
Yeah, I'll talk about the Genesis classics on that episode. I'll play some more. Let's just give you a little uh, peek as to what's coming. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Gird your loins, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Get your KY I'm out. I'm girding you're going to be hard watching this. <laughs> watching? Who's watching? Me. Anyone's watching this. Close the curtains. Excuse me. That was my chair again. Sorry. I'll edit that noise out, but I'll leave my comments in because, uh So. That's good logic. Shall we get to the main topic at hand? We shall. The Shudder exclusive five-part series Cursed Films. I had only heard about this on Facebook. I didn't know it was on Shudder. I had no idea. So, went there on a whim, started it up. And we have, like I said, it's five parts. It starts with The Exorcist. It goes on to Poltergeist, The Omen, The Crow. And the final fifth episode covers Twilight Zone the movie. Which, as you see, I have the most notes on because of the tragic accident that took place during the filming of that movie. Well, I only saw a couple of these, so you can fill me in as well. Yes, you... I think got through the Exorcist and Port and Poltergeist, and then after that, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, roll over, and I'm done. <laughs> yeah, really interesting stuff about the Exorcist. Very, a lot of stuff I knew, like Linda Blair's back fracture from when they had her moving up and down in the bed. I know you didn't know anything about that. And then Ellen Bernstein when she was thrown. Yeah, Ellen Bernstein and when she was thrown, uh, director William Friedkin told the stunt coordinator pull the cord as hard as you can. She was in a harness when Reagan slapped her. She got pulled so hard she hit the ground and then smacked her head on the wall. And they used that That's the take in the films. When you see her head hit the wall she ended up getting injured. They didn't say what. I'm assuming maybe a concussion or maybe a knot on her head. Who knows? Yeah, they said Friedkin would sometimes fire a gun on set to get certain reactions out of people. But then tell other people, you can't react when I do that. Certain people would know. He'd be like, don't react when I fire the gun. Just like, wow, that's a really interesting fucking way to get reactions. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. It worked. It did. And they were talking about several people associated with the film died. Actors who had worked on the film, people behind the scenes who were working on the film. They even mentioned Max von Sydow's brother, I think it was just shortly after they started filming, had died. So immediately this stuff got taken as, this film is cursed! They had, what was, uh, uh, again, again, uh, why is this happening tonight? Of all nights. <laughs> Linda Blair was saying that people would look at her weird walking down the street. They would actively avoid her thinking she was actually possessed and evil. Yeah. They she said she felt very alienated. Very alienated. They mentioned that the studio had hired private security for her. When the filmmakers asked her that question, she said, I don't talk about it. Let's move on. I was like, damn, that 
that means there was some, I think there was some serious shit going on. And it sucks for her because she was just a young actress who took a role. And because people as a whole are kind of stupid. They believed that she was really evil. They had churches telling them, the devil is in the film. The celluloid is cursed. But what I found really funny is they had an actual exorcist show up and... You can't see the quote, exorcist. (laughs) He exorcised demons from people. I don't buy it. Well, you're not Catholic. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I, I don't abide by any real religious beliefs at all. I think there's more of a scientific reason behind the way these people were acting. That the one guy ripping his shirt off and like groaning and grunting. Like, uh... I think you need to see a doctor. <laughs> not this hip, not even hipster look. He just, his bald head, he was just like, the demons are inside of them and we have to exercise them. I'm like, oh God. Yeah, here it is. The non-religious guy saying, oh God. <laughs> but I didn't buy into it, but I thought it was interesting the way they addressed it and showed how these people really believe that there is a demonic entity inside of them. They seek this person to help them. This is really weird. And but I really liked what they covered. It was really it was short. These are only 30 minute episodes. So they give you these quick bites of stuff. Some like I said, some things I hadn't heard. Like the amount of people who died, Max von Sydow's brother dying. Linda Blair being assigned private security guards. Whether it actually happened or not, she didn't really say it happened. Other people associated with the film said, yeah, she was hired. Researchers have said, yes, she had private security from the studio. We kind of don't really know for sure. But one thing they did touch on is how Linda Blair played Reagan McNeil and had this stigma about her that she was evil. She, The devil was inside her. The little boy who played Damien in The Omen, nothing whatsoever. Nobody gave a shit. Didn't walk away from him when they saw him walking down the street. Nothing at all. Interesting. And I think what it has to do with, this is my own opinion, they didn't really address it in the episode, in The Exorcist, you see Reagan become possessed. You see the transition of the manifestation of the demonic presence within her. The, car- the scars and cuts all over her face and body. The spewing of the vomit. Crucifix masturbation. Let's just get it out of the way. The levitation. All of that. In The Omen... You don't see him do anything that would suggest he was evil. There were f- there were things around him that happened. 
the do- the Rottweiler showing up, kind of watching over him. Well, he ran and into he would a, look. He ran into what's her face with his little tricycle or whatever. True, but you could also be like, well, that could be any kid who accidentally did that. True. It never came off as like he like looked and had an evil look and then was like, ah! it was just he's riding around and accidentally hits her and knocks her off and Lee Remick fell to the crowd. The babysitter. He didn't go tell her, go kill yourself for me. No, she just at his birthday party. Walked out the window and said, it's all for you and <laughs> hung herself right there. Meanwhile, this innocent kid's just looking around like, oh, okay. So I think that's where the two kind of separate in people's minds. This boy looks innocent. He's not doing anything. This girl's evil. She did things. So I think that's where people's minds kind of got, oh, stay away from her. Oh, this guy's so cute. Meanwhile, he's going to fuck you up worse than she could. And people got decapitated, and a sp- well, we'll get to that. We'll get to the omen at some point. But I want to jump to episode two, which was Poltergeist. One of my favorite movies for multiple reasons. Oh man, the the tragic stuff that occurred with the cast of the entire Poltergeist series, and we have Dominique Dunn, who played the older sister in the first one, who was. Murdered by her boyfriend, but not, like, stabbed or shot. He choked her into a coma, which led them to take her off life support later. I didn't know that. I knew her boyfriend killed her. I didn't know the details. I was like, that's even more horrific than him just walking in and shooting her or stabbing her a few times. Ugh. So many people involved with the film series died. I mean, Julian Beck... Yeah, Julian Beck, who played the preacher. Yeah. Stomach cancer. Horrible way to go. Yeah. And I don't know if he was dealing with it during the filming. Because he definitely had a creepy look to him, so I don't know if that was the cancer that kind of helped with that. But you think of that, you're just like, ah, the poor guy. Will Sampson, who was in the second movie, the Native American guy. Kidney failure and malnutrition takes him out. Crazy. It's like, oof. And, of course, immediately people are going, that film is cursed. Heather O'Rourke, who played the young daughter, Carol Ann. I almost forgot her name for a second. And I would have to hand over my horror fan card and just walk out of here. (laughs) Right now. Let me see. I know I have... Oh, I didn't write down exactly what it was. But they were treating her for for Crohn's disease, is what I believe it was. They were, Yeah, they were treating her for Crohn's disease. Turned out she had an obstruction in her bowel, which burst, and that caused her to pass away. And it's sad. The director of Poltergeist 3, he said himself and several others were like we're not finishing this movie we absolutely won't do it and the studio pressure kind of forced them to finish it 
So if you watch the end of Poltergeist 3, when they're holding Carol Ann, the aunt is holding her, you don't see a face, that's a double. Because that was all shot after Heather O'Rourke passed away. And there, he was, he had a hard time talking about it. It was really sad to watch him. Now the fun part were the superstitions. (laughs) They were talking about the sports superstitions. The Red Sox fan burying the jersey at the new Yankee Stadium so he could curse them. And I mentioned to you, I'm not a very superstitious person. Unless. In life in general. But when it comes to baseball, very much so. Very much so. (laughs) 2002, the Anaheim Angels are in the World Series against the San Francisco Giants. We were watching it here at home. I was watching with my parents. If I sat in a certain position on that couch and they were the Angels were winning, I would not move. If they won that game, I'd be like, okay, what was I wearing? I was wearing this shirt, I was wearing my hat, and I was sitting right here in this spot, and I was drinking this. And I would do all those same exact things the next game. And if they lost... I wouldn't do that again. I would start fresh. So it's weird, but sports fans have this deep-seated superstition for things. You could sit there and talk to people and be like, walk under a ladder? Bullshit. Black cat walks in front of you? Fuck you. You're an idiot. Hey, uh, what about that baseball game? Oh, shit. Is that tonight? Fuck. I gotta get home. What? I gotta put on my lucky underwear and my dirty socks that I always wear for every game. Even the athletes have weird superstitious rituals. Some will not wash their jockstrap the entire season. But I thought it was funny that they touched on that particular moment in sports history. With the jersey being buried, and then they went and dug it up, and the news coverage of them jackhammering the concrete foundation at Yankee Stadium to remove the jersey. I'm not going to lie, that was a pretty intense moment. <laughs> it was. You would think that they were unearthing the Ark of the Covenant underneath <laughs> the new Yankee Stadium. <laughs> the coverage was insane. But I understand it for sports fans. I understand why, in a sports terms, for baseball, that was done. They were showing Sean Clark, who does... If any of you watch special features in some of these DVDs you get, like the Halloween collection, or Never Sleep Again, the Nightmare on Elm Street documentary, there are these little clips, and you can find them on YouTube, Horrors Hallowed Grounds. Sean Clark has gone to locations for like Halloween 3, the Halloween series, the Nightmare series... All sorts of places. He's also a huge collector of horror memorabilia, apparently. And he has one of the clown dolls from the original Poltergeist movie. Yeah. It's fucking terrifying. It's fantastic. But it's still cool. It's terrifying because I hate fucking clowns. And the fact that it's an inanimate object that came to life... Honestly, Honestly, it is one of the more scarier villains to me. I know it's it wasn't necessarily a villain, but it was like kind of possessed or whatever. Right. Um. Yeah, that always scared me as a kid. I would always close my eyes at that part. It's creepy. The face changes and. Ugh. 
But they touched on that. One of those clown props from that movie was malfunctioning, and the boy was actually getting choked. Right. You were like, oh my god, that's because the film's cursed. And effects people were like, you know, things could happen that cause malfunctions. It happens on sets all the time. Now, let's get to the skeletons in the pool. That's a movie. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was the next movie. (laughs) A young Olympic swimmer training for years is trying to reconcile the demons in her past. Coming this fall to the CW, Skeletons in the Pool. (laughs) I don't want to swim with those skeletons in my pool. They are so fucking creepy, I'm gonna die. (laughs) Anyway, I was talking about the skeletons in the pool of the house of the (laughs) poltergeist. I can't even say what I want to say. The pool scene in Poltergeist where the skeletons are emerging from the water. Yes, the scene, not the movie. Yes. That scene was filmed at the house. Yeah. Sean Clark was there doing one of his things. He's like, we're not going to go up to the house. People live there. We don't want to, you know. He's very respectful of the people that live there. Didn't want to bother them. Well, a neighbor pulls up. Next door neighbor. Yes, do you mind if we talk to you for a little bit about the house over here? We don't want to bother them. He loves the, it. The guy was so cool about it. And he goes, well, have you learned about the history? He goes, oh, yeah, I've learned so much about this talking to my neighbor. And he mentioned that scene. He goes, yeah, they filmed the pool scene right here. They filmed it at the house. And Sean Clark was saying beforehand, oh, they filmed it on a soundstage, I'm pretty sure. It wasn't at the real house. I don't think there's a pool here. He's like, no, there's a pool. It's totally filmed here. And his mind was blown. My mind was blown. Because I figured, of course it had to be a set. They wanted a controlled environment. Why would... No, they filmed it at the house. And speaking of that, the effects artist who worked on this film talked about the skeletons. Said, these are medical skeletons. You can just buy them from a medical supply warehouse. That's what we did. People were thinking, oh, these are real skeletons that were under the property. They brought a curse because they're real skeletons. Say what you want, but it doesn't make it less creepy. That was a person and they died, and now their bones are right next to your face. Very true. But, I commend him because he called out people on their bullshit of what they've been saying about the movie. He thinks that people that are buying into the real skeletons use Curse the Film, and he said it's insulting to the memories of Heather O'Rourke and Dominique Dunn. And right there, I applaud him. Because it is. Because you're going to say, oh, well, yeah, her boyfriend killed her, but it's because of the skeletons. Oh, she had an obstructed bowel that burst, but it's because of the skeletons they used. Like, Really? That's insulting to Heather O'Rourke and her family, and Dominique Dunn and her family. They went through horrific things with their daughters, and you're... Oh, it's because of the skeletons. To those people, fuck you. Exactly like that effects guy said. Fuck you. (laughs) 
<laughs> wow, I got really adamant there, didn't I? Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Moving on. To a different movie? Yes. <laughs> Episode 3 covered the omen. They had a religious advisor tell them not to make the film because they wouldn't be inviting evil to the people making the film. Like, well, of course, the religious advisor, they believe in all that kind of stuff. Filmmakers were like, okay, we're just going to make our movie. The studio's paying us a lot of money to get this done. Now, Gregory Peck, who is the main lead in the film, and another actor on the film, both had planes that were struck by lightning. Now, there are people in the in that episode going, oh, it can't be a coincidence. And in my mind, I'm going, well, if we looked at statistics and pulled up scientific evidence, we would probably see that maybe planes departing one day apart from each other, both being struck by lightning, is more common than we realize. Two people in the same movie, though? Mm. I'm gonna, I'm going to vote for, uh, for religion on that one. See, I, I stick with science. Unless it's, you know, about a, a ball throwing, you know, being hit by a bat. You do not talk about baseball in that <laughs> way. I will punch you in the face. No. You see? He <laughs> hates me. People don't believe me. Send help. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> she actually hits me and it hurts. Just kidding. <laughs> I not, know. You have we to tell me. Okay. We are kidding. I do it not abuse joke. him. We do not abuse each other. It's it's fine. This is banter. But Gregory Peck also canceled a flight that ended up crashing and killed the pilot and his family. They were in a car at the end of the runway and the plane crashed into them. So that's three plane issues? That's three plane-related incidents. I I still don't buy into it, but I'm I'm not one who believes in these evil entities and it's tragic. It sucks if your plane gets struck by lightning because you're like, oh fuck, is this when I'm gonna die? But with that I'm like, it's a giant metal structure defying gravity through the laws of science and hurtling through the air. Might get struck by lightning. As far as the crash I don't know. Maybe the pilot was drunk. I I don't know. That's a joke. I don't mean <laughs> it's a it's a joke in bad taste because I don't know if the pilot really was. It sucks. He and his family were tragically killed. It it sucks. It could have been anything. It could have been plane malfunction. Anything. Now what was really fucked up is the IRA, the Irish. <laughs> It's the Irish Revolution Army. I don't know exactly what IRA stands for. I'm not going to look it up right now because that'll take too much time. They blew up a restaurant at Piccadilly in London near the hotel where people were working on the film were staying. People that were working on the film were staying in this hotel. The IRA blew up a restaurant right near them. That's crazy. People were like, oh my god, see? And I'm like, well, wait. The IRA was doing a lot of fucked up shit around that time. So, it's a coincidence that the filmmakers happened to be in that spot when that happened. My opinion. 
other people go, nope, this was the evil telling them not to do it. And, but there's there's just a lot of shit. There was a zookeeper that was killed at the animal park by a lion where the baboon scene was filmed. I think they said he was either eaten by the lion, or some said it was a tiger. It's one of the two big cats. <laughs> oh god, I just had flashbacks of Tiger King. Fuck. <laughs> White trash fun. I like it's that just you say fun. <laughs> White trash fun. What else would you call it? It was a fun train wreck to watch, but we're not talking about Tiger King. You're the one that brought it up. Yes, because I mentioned lion and tiger, and then it got stuck in my head, and I'm just seeing Joe Exotic with fucking messed up eyebrow piercing. But there's just a lot of things that happened around the film that made it seem there was a curse. Now, the funny thing was, to me anyway, the black magician that showed up. And I don't mean a magician who's black. Like, hey, what's up, everybody? My that's name is Dante. I'm the black magician. I don't mean that. And I know that's that sounds how I bad. Took it. I mean this <laughs> douchey white dude, but my name is. As with the entourage, or whatever the fuck he said his name was. I didn't write it down because I don't care. He was attempting to curse a current film. He talks about, oh, they had a witch, an actual witch they were talking to. This male was like, oh, I'm a witch. I always thought male witches were warlocks? technically warlocks, but whatever. he's like, I'm a witch. I'm like, okay. All right. I don't know. You're a witch. Whatever pronoun defines you, that's what I'll address you as. You're a witch, sir. Congrats. He was talking about stuff. I'm like, yeah, I don't buy into it. This other guy was like the witch. He was very much like, well, yeah, you know, there's these dark forces and this and that. He was very like matter of fact about it, but he came off very calm, very cool. He was, he was like, you know, some people just don't, don't buy into it, but maybe they should look a little deeper than just the surface. Okay, you're not trying to push your weird witch beliefs on anyone. Cool. You're not the Catholic Church or a bunch of fucked up Christians. Yeah, that's my rant. <laughs> that black magician was so douchey. It was like if you took Chris Angel and David Blaine and you mashed them together and then put them in the backwoods somewhere. <laughs> I, I I don't know, but a lot of weird shit around the omen that happened, just tragic explosions caused by the IRA, planes struck by lightning, planes crashing and killing a family. And everyone was like, oh, it's cursed, it's cursed. But produ a producer on the film, Richard Donner, who directed the film, they asked him at the end of this episode, do you feel this film was cursed in any way? And they both had the exact same answer. No. This film was blessed in a lot of ways because we got it made and it was successful and it turned out to be a great film. A classic. 
Exactly. <laughs> that I only got around to seeing a year or two ago, I think. Maybe a couple years ago, a few years ago. <sighs> but good film. Lots of crazy shit going on around that film. True that. Now, episode four and five, we've we've got extensive notes. But that's because episode four deals with the crow. The, what was it, 1995 film, I believe? Probably. Starring Brandon Lee, where he was tragically struck down at a young age. There were phone calls at the beginning when they first started to make this film. The filmmakers received phone calls telling them, don't make it, don't make it, bad things are going to happen if you make this film. It's like, the fuck? Like, we're getting threats to make The Crow? It's a graphic novel. I'm not calling it a comic book because technically I think it's different. Okay, real quick. Some people are going to go, there's no difference between a comic book and a graphic novel. I look at it this way. I think comic books are your little one-shot stories you get that may tie into something. You know, graphic novels, I think, are longer. Maybe more in-depth. Maybe they have a more adult story. That's my definition. If you don't like it, piss off. That's what I think. <laughs> I'm going to wow. piss off so many people Lots this time fuck around. Lots and piss off. And... It's the fucking skewered universe. <laughs> it's the fucking Catalina wine mixer. Oh my god. God damn it. I am, I am off the rails, but trying to circle back here. One of the guys working on the film got electrocuted. He backed one of the vehicles into power lines. Didn't die. <laughs> but he lost his ears. Oh my god. His ears were essentially burned off. Ugh. Oof. Yikes. There was a storm that hit in the area. I think they were in North Carolina filming. There was a huge storm that hit in the area. There was like, it's the curse of the crow. All this stuff had been happening. No one had died. One of the heads of the studio was being interviewed, came out and made kind of what feels like a loaded statement to me, and they addressed this, said, well, it's not like anyone has died yet. Uh, that would... That would quickly change, unfortunately. They were talking about the the gentleman who created The Crow, who wrote The Crow, James O'Barr, wrote the story to cope with the death of his girlfriend who was killed by a drunk driver. It was Michael Berryman who was going to play the rotting cowboy, whatever, whatever his character was called. He was some kind of decaying cowboy figure. He was the uh, gentleman with the odd-shaped head that was speaking. Not, I love Michael Berryman. That is not a knock to him. He's just has a very distinctive look about him. I think he's a great actor. Awesome in Weird Science. And great in The Devil's Rejects. Michael Berryman. Thumbs up from Skewer Universe. <laughs> to make up for the comment about his head. Yeah, he wrote it to cope with the death of his girlfriend who was killed by a drunk driver. I'm like, that's actually very cool. That was his therapy. But they changed 
a scene in the film. Now, this is the scene that ultimately led to Brandon Lee tragically dying, losing his life. The original scene was going to be a knife was thrown at his character when he comes back to the apartment. They changed to him being shocked because they figured, oh, that would be more impactful. <sighs> that was the accident. That, that gun that was fired by the actor Michael Massey they didn't clear the dummy head that had been lodged into the chamber. So one of the effects people didn't check the weapon before they went to shoot that day. The actor fired the gun at Brandon Lee. It essentially became a live round and it killed him. Now, Michael Massey took that very hard. And I can understand why. He pulled the trigger. He felt it was his fault. I, myself, would put no blame on the actor. He's trusting these special effects guys who are supposed to know the ins and outs of everything, supposed to make sure everything is in well-working, safe order. Somebody just fucked up. There's really no one to blame other than someone on the FX crew didn't do their job. Whoever that might be, that's where the blame lies. It was... Ugh. Filmmakers did not... The director said they didn't want to finish the film. They were like, no, we, we can't. We, we literally just saw this man get shot down in a horrific accident on set. Reason why they finished the film? Brandon's fiance and mother wanted the film to be finished as like a testament to him, like in his honor. Like this was something he really wanted to do. He was so into playing the character of Eric Draven. He wanted like this was gonna be his launch pad, I think. Had he not had not been killed, I think his star would have taken off. But they wanted it to be done as like an ode to him. They brought in someone, his, it was actually his stunt double. And they had a mask of Brandon Lee's face made and put over the stunt double. And the makeup artist who did it said it was creepy. And it really freaked him the fuck out. Because he looked just like Brandon Lee. My chair again, sorry. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, that would be disturbing. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, they did cut out the the dead cowboy scenes. They finished the film. But, again, so much, like, tragic stuff happening. The, the man who created it, you know, used creating the crow as therapy to deal with his girlfriend's murder, essentially. Tragic accident where the actor, Michael Massey, who fired that gun, was, like, he mentally just kind of broke for a while. And it sucks, because it wasn't his fault. He was doing what he was there to do and figured... Yeah, but very sad stories around that, around that film. Yeah, but it's also iconic. Yeah, very much so. It, it's going to sound... 
I sound a little fucked up? Had there not been so much tragedy and death around this film, I don't think it would have become such a cult favorite as it is. It definitely would have shot Brandon Lee's career. His career would have taken off. He would have got other roles and been like, oh, you're more than just a martial arts guy like your dad. You can do really heavy, dramatic stuff and kind of twisted humor. Because there's some twisted humor in that film, too. Let's be honest. There's some kind of fucked up shit going on. That was the other thing I wanted to touch on. They showed a scene from, I believe it was Game of Death that Bruce Lee was in, where they were filming the movie inside of the movie that was made. And his character is shot on set, Bruce Lee's character, and essentially, I believe, dies. And they said, it's so weird that it kind of mirrors what happened to Brandon years later. It's a coincidence. But it... It's a weird coincidence. <laughs> that was even going. The Bruce Lee, the Lee family is cursed. There was, mm-hmm. and there was the Chinese mafia was taking out the Lee family. They killed Bruce and they killed Brandon. And they touched on Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, which tells the story of Bruce Lee up to his death. His family dressed Bruce Lee in dresses, so they the Chinese. I think it was the Chinese mafia. Or someone. They said he had a demon after him. There was a demon, a curse on the family. They kind of touched on it. That's what it was. Curse on the family. They dressed him as a girl so the demon wouldn't realize he was a boy. But then at a certain age, they realized, you're a male. You're cursed. It's like, damn, I gotta watch Dragon, the Bruce Lee story again, because I don't remember any of that. It's a good movie, by the way. If you haven't seen Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, watch it. Jason Scott Lee, very good as Bruce Lee. Ooh, guy whose last name is Lee, playing a guy whose last name is Lee. Yeah, excellent. Okay, enough Wayne's What a dark. What a dark. <laughs> I was trying to find something else. I just got excellent. I couldn't think of anything. excuse me wow I took that hit wrong it's just a vape it's nothing else who cares (laughs) I do indulge but not before I record because I would not be what does this say Yeah, holding the notes right to my face trying to read it wouldn't be very productive (laughs) now Twilight Zone the movie very good movie I, in any time I watch it, save for the the sequence we'll talk about, which is the Vietnam sequence, everything else in that movie I have fun with. It's it's fine. It's, it's good. Man, that... It was that scene where Vic Morrow playing the essential, like, racist guy gets dumped into Nazi-era... Germany, I think it was. He's pulled around, and he's ultimately dumped in Vietnam. His redemption story is to save the two Vietnamese children and get them out of the area. And that's where the accidents happened. Accidents? Yeah. All three people lost their lives because of just 
try trying to get a lot of stuff done in one shot, and it just didn't work out. I'll go through quickly what they. So John Landis, who directed the movie, came up with the Vietnam sequence. It was to show Vic Morrow's character getting his redemption, like I said, saving the two Vietnamese children. But there's a scene where that character is in the bushes, and USGIs, who are in Vietnam, start firing into the bushes. Vic Morrow's not in the bushes when they're firing, but they used real bullets to get the effect they wanted. There were live rounds being shot on the fucking set of this movie. I don't know how much cocaine was being (laughs) snorted on this movie, if any. That's fucking nuts. That was at the advisement of John Landis. Now, I, I like John Landis's work. Animal House, classic. American Werewolf in London, amazing. Michael Jackson's Thriller video? Creeped me out as a kid, but yet I still watched every year around Halloween when MTV would do the whole two-hour retrospective and behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, they were firing real bullets into those bushes. It's fucking nuts. That's just one thing. I don't understand how they thought that would be okay. No idea. The production designer built the set near a stream and cliff to shoot the scene where they would save the children and get the redemption arc of the story and everything would tie up in one of those happier Twilight Zone moments, which is known to happen. They're not all, I would, I had time now, breaking your glasses and you can't read all the books you want to read. Now, John Landis apparently had a very cavalier attitude towards safety on the set during this, shooting this sequence for the film. Hang on. <laughs> I was trying to read my notes here. I'm reading for my notes and kind of... I wrote them quick that night. It was getting late, and I was trying to write them quick. There was a lot. You there was a had lot, a lot I was to say. <laughs> Casting director said the scene sounded too dangerous for the child actors. They had a helicopter coming in. They had explosions going off. There were legal concerns over working the kids late, and the explosions near the helicopter. They tested with no actors. The help, which. They had two people in the helicopter. They were testing with no actors on the set to see what would happen. It rocked the helicopter almost completely off course. Like, it was almost hard to control. And Landis said, well, you ain't seen nothing yet. Like, what the fuck were you thinking, man? Like, you gotta back this off a little bit here, because... When they said it was... What did I write here? You ain't seen nothing yet when... Oh, it was when they were saying that the explosions that pushed the copter and it was crazy. He's like, you ain't seen nothing yet. He planned on going bigger, more, over the top. Now what's crazy is... John Landis went to the production designer and said, can we move this hut, particular hut, to another part of the set. When they did that, they found there was an explosion 
rigged under that hut after they moved it. And the production designer <laughs> didn't know about it. John Landis, the director, knew. Production designer had no idea. That's he was, smart. He was pissed. He didn't know about the change, demanded to know if there were any more immediately. He basically told me, he goes, you need to fucking tell me what else is going on because I need to know everything that's happening. He's the PD on the film. He has a right to know what's going on. And he was talking about it. He was visibly pissed. I'm like, I, I get you, man. People are doing shit and not telling you? It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. What if somebody had been working on the set and that thing accidentally got triggered to go off? Somebody's dead. So they get to where they're getting ready to shoot the scene. The parents of the two kids who were filming had been told stunt wasn't dangerous. Kids will be fine. Everything is going to go smoothly. We'll shoot it, be in and out, take your kids home for the night. It'll be done. Now, Vic Morrow did the entire stunt against his better judgment. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to go out there with the helicopter coming in and the explosion trying to grab the kids. He had a bad feeling, but his career was kind of in an iffy place. So he was like, well, if I don't do it, what's going to happen? I guess I better do it. Ultimately, what happened was the explosions were too close to the helicopter. It brought the helicopter down. Killing the children and Vic Morrow in one shot, I believe it was the blades that had basically cut them in half. The parents were on set watching as their children were killed. They were cut, the children and Vic Morrow were cut in half. So not only is that bad, the children were working illegally at 2 a.m. without permits. Yikes. The prosecution, because there was a case brought up. Of course. Laid blame on the filmmakers. Yeah. The defense attorneys said it came down to the effects specialists were to blame. And the jury ultimately found John Landis not guilty. They cited that it was more on the fault of the effects guys who did not think. They're not very good specialists. Didn't didn't think about the safety of what was going on, went for this big thing, and they showed clips of John Landis talking at the funeral of Vic Morrow when he was choked up. He was upset, you could tell. And people, for a long time, even though he was found not guilty, were like, no, he's, no. It's his fault. And one thing they said during this whole thing was, while it, and people were saying it wasn't really on him, he was just directing, he wasn't the effects coordinator, he didn't rig the effects. They said, you gotta think, he still has to live with that every day that he was on set, filming, directing that scene, and he watched these people lose their lives in a horrific fucking accident. And I had known that that had happened 
in years back, I looked up the video on YouTube. It is not very clear. This We're talking the early 80s, so it wasn't high-def video catching these behind-the-scenes stuff. And you can see the moment where the helicopter kind of comes down. You don't see anything graphic, but you can tell in that moment that's when it all just stopped. That's intense. Yeah. And people said, oh, well, that movie, it's it's cursed because look what happened. It's like, I don't know so much about cursed as it was just a bunch of effects gone wrong and people not, most likely not thinking about the overall safety of everyone and trying to get the coolest looking shot and not thinking about the repercussions of the explosions being too close to a helicopter. And they'd said before, the explosions are too close. That chopper's not going to stay up. And they're like, no, we'll get it. We'll get it to work. And ultimately it didn't. So they cut together. They cut that entire segment of the movie around that accident to finish it. But... Yeah, that's it's it's a really messed up story when you think about it. It's unfortunate. It really is. And that concludes <laughs> the five part series on Shudder Cursed Films. Depressing stories for depressing times. Depressing stories for depressing <laughs> times, as you said. But if you're someone like me, while they're depressing, it's so interesting to just take in that and get different perspectives on what happened and maybe little things you didn't know here and there. Ah, oh, I love that shit. I watch all those behind-the-scenes stuff, the making of, the documentaries, all that. I love it. So this was like something, something new to me. Even though there was stuff I knew, there was more information I didn't know. It was awesome to watch. If you're someone like me, you like that kind of stuff, watch this series. Get Shudder. I'll tell you right now, you can probably get a 30-day trial through Amazon Prime if you have it. There might be a way for you to get a 30-day trial to the actual Shutter website. There's an Android app. There's an iOS app. You can watch it on your PC. They don't have a PS4 app, but I think they... I think the Xbox browser supports watching videos from Shutter. PS4 doesn't. I've tried. It sucks. They say there's a PlayStation app in the works but I haven't seen any movement on it yet. Let's break it down this way. For a full year of Shudder, it's 60 bucks. That's not bad, people. Brought to you by Shudder. <laughs> I'm not sponsored by Shudder, but I'm going to wave their flag because they got a bunch of cool shit. And this is just one of those things. One of these little one-offs that you just stumble across because somebody on Facebook was like, oh, I'm watching Cursed Films. I'm like, what is that? And now I've got a whole episode on it. Yeah. So, check it out. Definitely check it out. It's fun. It's informative. It's depressing. So, if you're in kind of a dark place, maybe don't watch this. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be the cause of people getting pushed over the edge. So, like, I'm just they're feeling terrible and then they watch this just death and bad stuff and no no don't don't watch it make sure you're in a good mood before you get into it be i know for some people it's hard to be happy all the time 
I get it. But if you're in a better mood and you think you can handle it, give it a watch. And then immediately put on, like, Futurama or fucking Spongebob or Big Mouth or something after to, to break up the monotony. Of Cleanse the... your palate. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it, it's a high recommend. Cursed Films. Shudder is a high recommend for me. For 60 bucks for a year. By the way, ours ended up getting renewed because I didn't cancel the website subscription. <laughs> the free trial on the website. Well, like you said, it's only $60. It's only $60. You think about it. Netflix is a monthly, what, twelve ninety nine. Amazon Prime monthly is like fourteen ninety nine. Okay, Disney Plus is, what, six ninety nine a month? I don't really know because we got a full year for free. There's all these services that are this much a month, this much a month. Oh, if you want to do it for a year, we don't give you that option. Shutter, you can pay either, I think it's $3.99 a month, or you just pay 60 bucks for a year. 60 bucks for a year. So not only do you get this five-part series, Cursed Films, there's the Creepshow series. Now, again, I'm not sponsored by Shutter. I'm just saying, if you're a horror fan, get fucking Shudder. Joe Bob Briggs. That's where I'm going to leave it for Shudder. Joe Bob Briggs. Boom. Can I add an <laughs> addendum? Sure, go ahead. So we talked about, uh, before, how we were going to do theme months. Yes. So, I kind of wanted to clue in our listeners... So for March, it was supposed to be my pick, and I chose, like, a musical-type theme. Something with having to do with music, or music artists, or Right, music artists like who, are, who acted in a film, or yeah. if it's a musical-type film. So I chose The Man Who Fell to Earth. The Man Who Fell to Earth. Fell starring, to Earth. Starring David Bowie. Yeah, and that was a huge fail. Because we watched the whole thing, and it was a good movie, but we didn't realize that it was a three-hour movie, and I think we started watching it at, like, 10 o'clock. Yeah, like, 9 or 10, (laughs) and we were like, holy shit, how much this movie is left? We were only, like, 30 minutes in, going, it's gotta be close to being, nope. It's very long. But then, for April, we decided that we were gonna do, like, um, like, to make each other watch movies we think other person would hate right and we didn't really do that per se but i did have you watch a movie that i that you didn't really want to watch and so speaking of depressing the pianist oh god (laughs) okay it is a fantastic film well let's let's start off by saying what you originally thought the movie was about okay originally now Going back... Now, this doesn't have to be in-depth, because we're at the end of the episode, but... We're just going to touch on it real quick here. Yeah. I think it was 2001 this movie came out. Somewhere around there. It's... All I knew about this film was, it's Oscar-worthy. Adrian Brody's so good. He should win for best... He's nominated for best actor, which he won, rightfully so. I see why he won. I thought this movie was just about some really good pianist in a period, you know, like a period piece about this pianist 
and how he came to be famous or something. And when, at what point did you realize it was not that and that it was going to be depressing? Oh, immediately. <laughs> immediately. Because they do not pull any punches. They immediately get to the ghettos of Warsaw and <laughs> you're seeing children dying. You're seeing people gunned down. It's, it's depressing. Being thrown from multiple story buildings. Oh god, the guy in the wheelchair. They told, they told him to stand up. He couldn't. So they threw him they said, out the window. Get him out of here. And they threw him out the window. Wheelchair and all. Mm-hmm. And I don't typically watch a lot of those films. And you, I know people are going to be like, but you should. No, the problem is it's super, super depressing. And it's, it's not that I don't want to see the depressing stuff that actually went on at that time. And it's recounting, you know, the story of this pianist and what he lived through, seeing his family getting loaded onto the train. And basically they were taken to one of cat one of the camps and we know they were probably killed in one of the ovens, which is fucking terrible. I'm glad they didn't go that far and show us because that <sighs> Probably see that in Schindler's List. I don't know because I haven't seen that one yet, and that's another one I'll have to see. <sighs> but it's it was... good. It shows the other side. It shows the Nazi side. But you know, this guy—he's with the Nazi party, but then he helps the Jews, right? And essentially, we see at the end of the pianist there was that Nazi officer who gave Adrian Brody's character a coat, gave him food. It's like, we're moving on. And then you see that they had captured all these German soldiers, and that officer was in there. But he only saved... He he saved his own life by playing the piano for that German officer, that Nazi officer. It's like, oh, okay, well, you are good. So I don't think he was someone that wanted to take part in it, but was kind of like, if I don't, they'll kill me, so what do I have to do? And we know there was a lot of that, like... Okay, I'm not going to get too in-depth. It was a fucked-up time in history. Right. Very fucked-up. But The Pianist? A fantastic film. I'm glad you Depressing gave it a sad, up. but... I'm glad it didn't turn out to be just a period piece about a guy who was really good at playing piano. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been a boring fucking film. I'd have been like, why did he win for this? All he did was play the piano. When when you told me that that's what you thought, I just thought that was so cute. (laughs) Because I didn't pay attention to trailers for those movies back then. I was I was like, no, where's the next action movie? Where's the next big Jim Carrey comedy? Where's the next horror film that I can go and watch where people are getting ripped in half and brains are being exploded out of their eyeballs and But shit. don't show people burning. <sighs> because you won't watch it. No, I've seen movies where people burn. No, I'm talking I, I, about In the Pianist. You said yeah, you're yeah, glad they I, didn't take it that far. <laughs> I didn't want to see people being marched knowing that they were going to die. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I've seen some of the films, the stock footage of that stuff happening, and... Well, I'm the yeah. queen of depressing, so you're <laughs> welcome. 
Yeah, you you probably looked over and saw my face a few times. So I was like, yeah, you were you. I think at one point you said, "Oh fuck!" Like there was a few times <laughs> I said that. Uh, the kid who was trying to help yep. under the, the wall. Then yeah, I was shocked that they showed them throwing the guy in the wheelchair out the window. So I was so like, stand up. I'm like, obviously he can't fucking stand up. He's in a wheelchair. Nope, awesome. don't care. Window. So yeah, so, so that's I, a fun place to. I forget what we were gonna do for May, but we promise Actually, we will bring May on. I can look real quick because I still have that list I made on my phone of what the. Uh, I had a. I said I, uh, again. I had it on a post-it at one point, then I could have got rid of it. Yeah, I have the theme months. We didn't know anything for January. February was first watch February. March was my birthday March. That was your choice. Me. That's where we yeah. watched The Man Who Fell to Earth. April, didn't we say something about trying to find movies that would annoy the other? Yes. Well, well, it well was... we didn't really go annoy. You went depressed. And that's yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was rough, but I don't want to say I enjoyed it, but I want to say that I appreciate the film. Yeah. I see why it was highly regarded, why Adrian Brody won his award, because mm-hmm. he was fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, May, which we can still do, Maniacs, a month of movies ah, about maniacal yes. people. Okay. Yeah. June, Bugs. July, we have question marks. August, we have question marks. Supernatural September movies about ghosts and supernatural entities that don't have to fall into horror. Yeah, exciting. Ooh. Uh, we have nothing for October. Then going to November, I remember we talked about this before on a previous episode. Because like March, months ago. March was my month. November is your November month. is mine. That is the month of my birthday. The entire month is a celebration of me. Some people will say, well, what day are you born? I'm like, 5th of November. They're like, oh, it's Guy Fox Day. I'm like, no, it's my day. Guy Fox just happened to have stuff happen before I was born on the same day. It's a coincidence, really. <laughs> but yes, remember, remember the 5th of November. D for Vendetta. Let's all go back to that for a second. Anyway, Nick Cage November. Yeah. A month dedicated to the man, the myth, the legend, Nick Cage. So excited. That is going to be a fun month. And December, I think we're going to try and do Zodiac themes. Yeah, yeah. Run down each Zodiac sign of actors or Zodiac movies. Something. Something. We'll figure it out. Because I figure, you know, out of the 12 months, there are 12 Zodiac signs, maybe something along that line. We can pick. Hell, we might even be able to find a movie where each of several actors have different Zodiac signs and we can check off several. Who knows? Because <laughs> there's only four weeks in the month. I mean, we could try and do 12 episodes in those four weeks to no! cover the entire Zodiac. No. We're going to kill ourselves. That is why I decided not to do the 31 days of Halloween this year. You do it most years, and I think this time it's kind of a break. I need a break. It's hard to do it all because I I think I'm going to have this grand plan. I'm going to plan out what movies I'm going to watch. And then when I can't find that movie, I have to think on the fly and find something. And then I'm up way too late watching something. 
most of the time that I didn't really care for. They go, well, fuck, I wasted two fucking hours on this fucking piece of shit. Or if, you know, if we run out of time, you have to try and find a movie that would, you know, maybe we can try and find a shorter movie, and that's always right. a problem. So I think, so we're going to spitball a little bit about October real quick. I think October, maybe we do Halloween classics that we saw as kids, maybe, and maybe throw in some short films. How about, because I haven't been too into the classic horror films like the oldies maybe we could do something along with that line because I've been wanting to maybe Monster October or something like old school monsters yeah we can do that like Werewolf in London I haven't seen that uh, different do some 80s throw in some classic universal stuff yeah we could do that yeah. That's that's my jam. Yeah. Old school 80s or like the, black the classic and white. black and whites 50s, 60s that stuff I love. And there's so much that I haven't seen that I want to get my hands on. There's a Blu-ray set of the Universal Monster movies that I just want to get my fucking hands on so bad. So I'm still that physical media guy. I have a, We have a ton of digital stuff. There's certain films I'm like, okay, just digitally is fine. Like, It Chapter 2, I ended up the, when we watched it, I bought it that night. <laughs> the second time we watched it. But there are certain things. Yeah, we're gonna end here. I didn't quick. realize it yeah. was so long. I'm I saw so how sorry. it was, and I'm like, okay, we gotta, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna cut it pretty quick because I know you gotta go to go to bed so you can get up, yes. and go to work, so you can get up and work in the morning. I almost said go to work, you know? No, I work. You move across room. the room. Yeah. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. We were ending the show. Yeah, we were. So yeah, October classic monster yeah, movies. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I was talking about being a physical media guy. I still love physical media. It's awesome. Blu-ray will never die in my heart. If they take it away, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. That's it. That's another episode in the can. It was fun. It was interesting, to say the least, to watch that five-part series. And as I said, coming up soon, we're going to be... I'm going to be recording with my buddy Eddie. We're going to talk about old school video games. Hopefully we get to do that this weekend. I'm just waiting to hear back from him so we can set it up. So we obviously can't do it in person, so we're going to record it online. And I'm going to hope for the best. If it doesn't sound good, then we'll postpone and re-record it another date. But until then, stay safe. Practice social distancing. But love each other. Love each other. Wash your goddamn hands. 30 seconds. Good lather. Wear your masks outside, for fuck's sake. Be responsible. If you're going into a grocery store, wear a mask. It's not for your protection as much as the protection of others. The health and safety of the general populace. Let's all work together flatten the curve so we can beat this thing and get back to our normal lives, whatever normal is for you. I've never been really normal, so... And until then, why don't you just keep on enjoying this universe that's a little darker than usual, but it's still 
definitely very fucking skewered. Find the podcast at skeweruniversepodcast.podbean.com. It's also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Search for Skewered Universe Podcast. Contact the show by emailing us at skeweruniversepodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at skeweru, Facebook as the Skewered Universe group page, and Instagram at skeweruniverse.